Hi, everybody. We're going to have a lively discussion today between Zeus and myself about the notion of conspiracy theory. Um, what's happened is out of the realm of anything I've been familiar with before, having covered conspiratorial topics for the last 15 years, this is a whole different order of magnitude. We've gone nuts. So without further uh, wasting any time, let's get right to Zeus, who is actually in Ohio visiting his family for a couple of weeks. So a little different background than the upstairs downstairs thing. Hi, sweetie. Hi there. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Um, let's start right in. And I, I, because we could go on for hours on this and we can't do that. Mm -hmm. I really want to start uh, with a couple of things right off the bat. And one of them is a man named Daryl Shun, whom I have interviewed on Gaia TV already. I'm going to be having him on this site talking specifically about conspiracy theory. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Carl Kalman to just kind of set up where we are and why all the chaos, chaos and insanity right now. So first of all, I mean, I mentioned it in the open, discerning minds are no longer prevailing. And this is very different than in the days of early days of David Icke. In fact, you sent me this nice uh, little graphic. Let's go ahead and put that up right now to talk, kind of get a baseline for where conspiracy originally was. Here it is. The insane notion that sometimes a group of powerful people work together in secret to advance political agendas that will increase their wealth and power. All we can say to that now is, duh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's and just really a matter of how, how this works out and how the disinformation and manipulation of masses against each other by divide and conquer work out. But that basic precept is absolutely critical. It is the few, it is in secret, some, you know, sometimes some of it leaks out, but for the most part, those decisions are made behind closed doors. And what we, what we can detect, we can't get behind those closed doors with those people, but we can detect who it serves. We can detect, is, does it serve the few or does it serve the many? And we can actually have ways to verify where things are going. Exactly. And to that point, uh, my last interview I did was with uh, Sheila Gillette and the Theo group. And that's the first th thing they said at the very top of the interview. You have to remember there are a very small, small number of people that manipulate things um, for their own interests. And there are billions of you. You actually hold the power, which is why I did that that pyramid that puts power in the correct hands. And I have to say, I think you already know this, but I did forward this pyramid on to David Icke, right? Because, you know, mm -hmm. we've been friends for many years, 15 years. It's the only time I never heard back from him. <laughs> this pyramid that puts us, the people, at the top, and the Theo group was very clear, we make the decisions now, and we'll get to that in, in uh, just a little bit. But I want to go ahead. A little Can I just make a comment on that real quick? Yeah. I think one of the reasons why you didn't get the comment from David Icke, because it's challenging for people to have built their system uh, of meaning and how the world works and all the shadowy powers behind the door to subvert the very system that they've made their money off, created their world around, even if it's a better thing. Many people like David Icke who have done a good job of revealing what happens behind closed doors often become attached and develop a framework that unwittingly supports that. Whether it's black hats or white hats, they're still part of this secret cabal of people and you just hope that one of them up there somewhere behind that closed doors is helping you. 
what we're having is a wholesale transformation not to rely on the hat of any color. And that's what you're talking about. That is the transition. That's what your pyramid is about. And it's, it's not only challenging to people in power who may be the few, right, the conspiratorial few who are benefiting at the expense of the many, but it can also be the conspiracy community itself having their power challenged or thinking it's naive to think that actual people could have power because they've been so deeply embroiled and entrained in the notion that a few people pull the strings. So it's going to be challenging across the board for all of us. Who well, have yes, we've been giving our power away since the dawn of history. It's right. like we started hearing rumors that there was a god or many gods or whomever, whatever entities that we supposed to be above us, we've been giving our power away. And it's no different with this white hat, black hat scenario. Right, exactly. And that is the real big change. Because there are different tribes within the, the, the so-called deep state, within the conspiratorial dark rooms. But we want to have this open source sunshine kind of uh, approach to this, where, where we have access to real information and we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated and disinformed against each other. That's going to be the real thing to go on. Absolutely. And you can understand where it's come from. I've been in that community for a long time. I have helped disseminate information that's considered conspiratorial since 2005. And I've gotten to the point where I'm watching it now and thinking this has become untethered from clear thinking and reality. It's a whole different deal. This isn't conspiracy theory anymore. I, I would call it something else. And Daryl Shoon had a term for it, which was called something like egoic disassociative uh, syndrome, where our egos are becoming wrapped up in a need to be right, in a need mm -hmm. to be in the know, so that we can perceive somehow ourselves as having some kind of innate power in the situation. But right. the truth is, it appears to me that what's going on is most people are buying into the conspiracy theory that's best supporting their already deeply held beliefs and sense of self. And the best proof of that is when QAnon said that Robert Mueller was going to be working with Donald Trump to, to, yeah. to uh, unseat the deep state in the whole impeachment series. I mean, that was completely the exact opposite actually turned out to be true. And even published a paper against Donald Trump and you know, published a letter in the you know, major New York Times and Washington Post against Donald Trump. He was so deeply distraught about the situation. And this is the problem with people who need to be right. They just, just whenever some actual evidence or fact comes up to go against their story, they get rid of it and, and, and literally erase it from, from reality. And we can't afford to do that. We can't. I mean, the truth is, I think we've all come to a place in life for good reason that we know we haven't been told the truth. We know that the history that's been revealed to us and revered throughout history has been written by winners. We know that it's terribly incomplete, not nuanced at all in telling of the day and the politics that led up to events, even wars, even, even modern wars and so forth. Take this to an institutional level, take it to the level even of our own finances, education. We know we have been manipulated. We know we haven't been told the truth. And so we all have this innate in our stomach understanding something's wrong with this picture. And as the Theo group said, your systems haven't been working for a long time. It's okay if they fall down, they need to. So we know it, but how each person contends with this is unique and different. 
And it really gets down to the notion, you know, of either inviting in the unknown, which we have to create. And we're going to go to this at the end of the conversation or hanging by our fingernails on something that we think is still working for us. And most, in most cases, it's not working for us anymore. So the reason we're doing this right now is because a couple days ago, while you were away, Jean Slater, who many of my audience know, a wonderful woman in the field of divination, Jean and I were having coffee and having a conversation about who is behind the insanity. She's saying, you know, I've come to think it's not Democrats, it's not Republicans, and we're only confining it to the U.S. This is going on in many, many countries. It's not that. There seem to be some really, um, what is the word, uh, duplicitous groups of people on both sides being paid by or are working on behalf of something that seems to be more in the shadow. And I thought, you know, Zeus and I have this conversation all the time. I think we need to really pick it up and start looking at proofs of it and don't not worry about being politically correct. That's how this whole thing got going. And that's how you and I started talking about it and decided to do this show today. So from there, we need to start looking at who stands to gain. And this was the question Jean left with me. Who stands to gain from the United States and other countries tearing themselves up from the inside? But we're going to keep it exclusive right now to the United States because this is pivotal for other countries as well and what's happening here. So let's start talking about the influences that began and why and what they're going to achieve. Okay. And you start on your part. I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, another part of the world and we'll go from there, Zeus. Well, I've always written about this in my book, Transforming Economy, and this new series I just wrote for Up Two Minds. Uh, there's something called disaster capitalism, okay? It's a great way to kind of do double duty. You can create fear and scarcity and want in people, getting them into a survival mode, and that makes them less critically aware and gives them less time and energy to challenge the mandates and the selfishness and greed uh, and power mongering of the, uh, of the upper probably one thousandth of one percent, you know, uh, and that, so that's one, that's one thing that's happened. When you create chaos, um, I, in one of these articles, since the March to 2020 downturn in the market, the world's top billionaires have gained $638 billion. Okay. Starting right when COVID, when the original understanding of COVID was on the scene happened, as soon as it right. was recognized, they started shorting the market and they made billions the first day. And they made billions coming down and then they made billions by being bailed out going up the other direction. $638 billion in a couple of months. Yeah. The world's top billionaires. So, so disaster capitalism has a long history. When you create internal instability, you create volatility. And in that volatility, you can get away with a lot more. Politically, you can. I mean, the more and more chaos you create, Trump has been very skilled at that. The more and more you can slip policies in the government behind closed doors, they never get reported, that end up overwhelmingly benefiting the top 1%. 84% of the tax cut that was passed a couple of years ago, went to the top 1%. So, you know, a no one- A trillion and a half of the first bailout money went right to Wall Street and the banking industry, not to the people. Yes. Right. So that, just as happened in 2000, 
seven, eight under Obama. In fact, under Obama, they got record, um, record bonuses after yeah. crashing the entire world economy. So there's a storied history and understanding that when you crash the economy in a way that allows you to depress poor people's assets or working class assets and then buy them up, that's what happened to the Bay Area. In Pittsburgh and Antioch, they had housing prices collapsed by two thirds. And then these private equity firms went in and bought it up. And then they reinflated the prices back up again. I think we're seeing a repeat, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. I think that's yes. happening again. It's all set for it. So that is one part of instability. The other part, I think, of that instability and, and who is to gain from this. I mean, I think dictators on a short-term basis gain from instability because it has tended to be uh, when things are unstable, people go for cold strong man. Okay, they go for traditionalists and law and order. That isn't happening so much now. I guess the latest poll, I just heard it uh, an hour ago, actually put Joe Biden more as a law and order guy in terms of people's minds. I'm not sure where that comes from. So it may not be working, but here's what is working. It is, it is occupying people to be worried, to be anxious, to be fearful. And when that happens, they aren't in possession of their power as citizens, and they won't be connecting up with other citizens to organize for certain kinds of change. And that, I think, is the real beneficiary. I think so. And fear fear and greed both right. actually blunt your ability for discernment because right. they engage all of these lower emotions, which has a cascade of chemical processes, even in the brain. So we, right. are, we know that. And let's get into the heart of the conversation in that this goes beyond politics. We're looking at strata of human beings that are serving the elite. So right. when you're looking at the deep state, now the, deep, the word term deep state has been completely distorted in the last few years to mean, in Trump's terms, anybody that's against him is deep state pretty much. And he always says they, there are never any names to it. But let's get clear on deep state. Deep state right. is more what David Icke was originally talking about. These very, very wealthy people in the shadows. You don't know the names of any of them. And none of us will ever know the names of the real people that are pulling right. those strings. People like Trump, like Obama, like Biden, are essentially their lackeys. Right. And we need to be clear on this, that we have both candidates right now serve that deep state and you understand how to explain the nuances of that. So I'd like you to take it away, Zeus. Well, first of all, I did some research on this. I'm forgetting the guy's name because they can hardly find any pictures of him. The people in the very, very inner circle, the, the ones at the very top are the ones that can pick up a phone, call any leader around the world and get that person immediately to do what they say. Yes. And interestingly enough, these people, a lot of them don't have a lot of personal wealth. And it's very hard to get any information on them. And it's very hard to even get pictures on them. I, 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 I'm forgetting the name of this, one of these so-called people. And there's only a handful of them the world around. They live in very modest. modest. Yes. And they are interested in being sort of almost like the proto or neo-Ananaki, <laughs> the, the true string pullers. And then you go down to the second level and you get the Bilderberg group and you get the Carlisle group and you get these large military and multinational industrial people. And it's not even their CEOs, not even the people that go to their meetings necessarily. It's the people that, again, hold the strings behind those agendas. And then the third level may be presidents. 
and leaders and these but kinds as, of as we have seen presidents yeah. all over the world are not considered to be by their own intelligence communities on a need to know basis yes. these things play out in the military industrial complex around the world that's one great above them <laughs> yeah exactly and the people above them and the presidents are really just figureheads and as i said before kind of lackeys for whatever the agenda is because they're read in on it very early in their term and they understand if you want to stay in this uh, position you better play ball with the big guys and there are no exemptions here and um, that's, why it's, that's why it's very dangerous to have a wannabe i i do consider trump to be a bit of a wannabe he's been cast out of those circles he's trying really hard to get in and like malcolm x said he didn't want to have a black cop because a black cop would beat you twice as good twice as hard to prove that they were a real cop back when he was growing up and a wannabe does the same thing. They're trying to exert their power more and more audaciously to prove what a big shot they are. Um, whereas like those people who are really in power, they know they don't have to exert any power. They don't even have their face anywhere. So they, they, they've, they know they've been there and they know the things. But there are other levels too, and this has to do with your audience too. There are also technocrats, bureaucrats, uh, people who, who's, who's um, religion and beliefs can be tugged upon, right? To, to say, well, if you support us, scientists and academic, academics who will provide theories and even research to, to support some audacious things like your sugar doesn't cause tooth decay, you can buy some scientists to tell, to tell you that. And the, the, the promise is this, when you can you can buy a good life an upper middle class life if you support our agenda so this is the part where we really have to be careful as human beings i hope you're enjoying this video because if you are there are dozens more like it on my site all supported by people like you so if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community just click on the patreon button at reginameredith.com that also gives you access to insider commentary my live book club and other live events with special guests so join in thanks so okay. you were just talking about Trump, and we know that Trump's business dealings around New York and power circles and such were such that he was an outsider on that level. Now, he's not an outsider when it comes to deep state. He has very deep connections, especially with other countries. And mm -hmm. so this people need not to be mistaken about this. He is not an outsider in the power structure. He's just lower down on it. Biden, right. on the other hand, if you're looking at Biden, he has been a long-term corporatist. I mean, everybody knows he's going to support the corporations in the banking industry. But right. there's something in here that has to do with Carl Kalman's work uh, that, that we're going to talk about. This period of time is a period of time of descending consciousness in the Mayan wave of consciousness, right? We have right. descended the mid-level on one of the waves, which is when conspiracy theory mistrust and chaos and craziness actually takes over in mass. That's dangerous. That is the precipitation, he said historically, of the fall of civilizations. So again, there are no saviors here. We're the saviors. So let's launch into politically, given the times of consciousness and the opportunity and that ninth wave of really high consciousness presenting itself to us, what kind of leaders we need, because this is going to be kind of a surprise to people, I think. Right. And here's what I say, it's a flip on things. People keep thinking that people are trying to represent their interests and values. 
And I saw, and I, and I made the point to Trump voters, I said, has he done it symbolically or actually? The wall, they could have, he could have passed it in the first two, two years because he had the House and he had the Senate, but did not. Used it as a carrot to get people to be attached to him while doing nothing for the common, for the many. Because the deep state is really about the few over the many. And the only way to subvert the deep state is to do what your pyramid did, is to put people at the top and make the many <laughs> be served over the few. So when you look at how that gets distorted, you see that populist programs are put out there, but they're not actually funded. They're proposed, but they're not actually followed up. And so I have a new theory, and that is since everybody's representing the deep state, Biden's represent the neoliberal, more corporatist, you know, innocuous, technocratic, bureaucratic aspect of the deep state, still serving the same people. And Trump is doing the more nationalist, you know, um, so-called conservative, still serving the same people. What you want is to elect the weakest candidate <laughs> for serving the deep state. <laughs> and Absolutely. there's no this goes, I want to just set you up a bit. This goes along with what Carl Callaman said in my interview yes. I did with him, both on my side and Gaia recently, where he said, this is not a time for strong leaders. The people have to make the choices, not the Absolutely. leader. So it so totally concurs with you. You need a weak leader so you have less resistance to your own exertion of strength and leadership. You know, I mean, they worried about Obama taking away guns or even Biden taking away guns. He's not going to take them away because he's weak, right? And if you have someone who's strongly serving the deep state and starting to take away the post office and starting to create violence in cities and starting to lock up people, take them off the street with, ununifor with uniformed officers with no identification that are just regular citizens, now all of a sudden you're creating more resistance to the people. We have to spend more time trying to go ahead and deal with this before we actually get what we want to go forward. So you want the weak person. Biden, I think, is by far the weaker of the deep state representatives. He provides less of a barrier going forward. That's why I don't support Biden, <laughs> but I'm going to vote for him because I want the weaker candidate for the deep state to be in office so I can exert my power and my organization and make things happen from the ground up better. Yes, and that's a very good point because if we, the people, as has been said in different, but in different interviews by different people, philosophers and so forth, if the time for us has now arrived, how else can we be heard but to be able to have a vehicle that can be easily kind of swayed? And one thing about Biden, it seems, just from watching some of his past, is he'll kind of go with the wind. If he starts yeah. feeling it mount one direction, he's going to go that direction. So we have to, it seems to me that the biggest issue here is determining what all of us have in common. If we the people are going to create new institutions, new structures in society, new society itself, what do we have in common? Doesn't matter what side of the fence we're on politically, conservative or liberal, we all have some basic needs because this, this house is coming down. Right, I, I agree. And I even, I even took an issue like abortion. I said, listen, progressives and conservatives can get together on something like that. If you give women wages that are equal to men for the same work. If you, if you create 
low-cost childcare, and if you have paid family leave, people can actually have kids, the abortion rate goes down, but that serves the many, right? right. Both progressives and conservatives can get together and have pro-life and pro-choice happening with policies that support both. That's but, a good point. But the upper crust or the deep state does not, wants population control, right? Because now things are going to automation and it's becoming a bit of a, an extra expense to actually you know, serve people or actually to you know, give food stamps out and so forth. So if we can narrow the population a little bit, we can increase competition for wages, make that go down. We can bring automation to bear and so forth and so on. So that's what they want. And so we have to be careful about this because one of the, the ways they're, they're winning, remember they need agreement. And there is a very, very small part of them. I mean, they're probably one thousandth or one millionth of one percent, the true deep staters, okay? But they, they, they find ways to bribe us. They bribed academicians and a professional class and said, you can get a, a nice amount of money if you just kind of support us. You look at mainstream media, you know, the Rachel Maddows and, and the Fox News, Tucker Carlson, they're basically serving the same function, right? They, they split and divide, but they're both serving the mainstream media, the deep state. They create a narrative that makes natural the service of the few over the many. And they get their $7 million a year, both of them. Well, and they're all supported by, in large part, by the pharmaceutical industry. Big Pharma supports most media in the United States. So we already know what kind of agendas you're going to be looking at in terms of the way news is handled, the way vaccines, the subject of vaccines, for example, is handled. You already know how that's going to go in mainstream. They pay the bills. They pay the bills. And we, we, we noted this about the Bernie Sanders campaign. Whether you like Bernie Sanders or not, it was very clear from how he was treated, first they tried to erase him, then they made these outrageous claims about him. You knew that he was not a deep stater precisely because how the deep state mechanism treated him. The so DNC, I kept saying during yeah. the whole thing, I kept saying, oh my God, look at this. The DNC is burying Bernie. They're just burying him. Yeah. He doesn't get airtime on any of the networks. He gets virtually yeah. no airtime. They won't let the man speak. Then they started, all the manipulations started. Obama makes a few phone calls um, yeah. in really critical primaries, and boom, the whole game turns when he asks everyone to Never before has a person way to Biden. Yeah, never before has a person, Pete Buttigieg, who essentially tied, you know, for Iowa and came second in New Hampshire, dropped out that quickly. It never happened in the history, and it never happened in the history, and I don't think it ever will again, that a guy who got fourth in the first primary and fifth in the second becomes the eventual nominee. And I mean, that no should ground. tell you. Yeah, right. and had no ground campaign, even in no. California, not in any of these Didn't states. raise any money, had yeah. no campaign offices, never went out, and, the, and he just, it just rolled in for him. And I want to say this, and I think you and I have a slightly different opinion on it, but I think it's worth mentioning. Stephen Greer made his uh, recent film, um, I'm terrible with titles of things, maybe you remember it. Anyway, the new documentary by Stephen Greer is out about the UFO community, right? Well, Danny Sheehan, whom I met 20 years ago as part of Stephen's original disclosure project in DC and stayed in touch with through the years, many people know I've interviewed him a few times on Gaia. So when I, the first time I met Danny, he told me, look, 
this is how it goes. You don't elect your officials. It's already arranged. And so he told me, and some of you already know this. I've told this story before. He told me, this was 2001. He said, in 2004, John Kerry will be the Democratic nominee. And I said, John Kerry? He not, nobody really knew that much about him. He wasn't a huge player. And anyway, he went on and told me why, and this has already been decided. Well, in that documentary, and it has since been edited because other people have looked for it and it's not there. I saw a very early version of it given to me by Paula Harris right off the press. So unless they put it back in, Danny Sheehan said, the powers that be are not going to allow someone like Bernie Sanders onto the scene. He threatens both sides. He threatens the norm. He, what has to be done is you have to have a recreation of the systems in our country to accommodate these ideas that accommodate the people. They're not going to let him win the nomination. He said, it's going to be Biden and Kamala Harris. No, you did, right? That now, this was a long time ago, way before the primary said this. And to be fair, they were still considered to be essentially the, the top two likeliest people at that time. But the fact is, it changed a bit, and it looked like it was going toward the direction of Bernie Sanders and then an unprecedented coordination, Obama's phone call, um, from basically people saying, you can be bought off. You're gonna have you can have a career if you do X, Y, Z, and they all did. They, they all right did. So that's because a democratic. Those right, are they've been trained. They've been trained to think of a good life as my own personal self-interest, and we're not trained to understand our own personal self-interest in the in a larger sense, in a connected sense with other communities. If we did that, then we wouldn't be so easily bought off. But the, techni the technocratic class, bureaucratic class, professional class, and oftentimes the pundit and gabber class, it seems like they're easily bought off because of ego. Yeah. And, and, and an understanding of the good life that has to do with me, me, me. And then that you and I just hate that when those politicians keep saying, I'm going to do this, me this, and me that. We love the idea of not me, but us, and coming up from the grassroots, but that was a threat, obviously to the system. If they can enforce what, um, what uh, uh, Shun said as the ego, egoistic uh, dissociative disorder <laughs> or, uh, or syndrome, right? Syndrome. Ego dissociative syndrome. Egoic dissociative syndrome, yeah. Right, where, you, where you, are, you have your ego pumped and you're a great person and you're leading the people and you're the hero, then they can basically, they got you. Right. Because now they can get, they can buy you off. Now they can bribe you. Now they can use your expertise and your energy to forward their agenda, give you a little teeny teeny slice of the pie. Say you can have a nice house in the suburbs, and they keep the system going. We have to rebel against that. We have to see that that's happening and not make those deals with the devil. I couldn't agree more with you. And it's Carlos, I would just want to add this little piece in. It was something that in some notes about Carlos Castaneda. He said, we the people are not nearly as small and petty as the others in power would project back on us to be. We have been made to feel small in every way, like we don't have the power to stand up, we can't stand up. And when the time, Carl Kellerman's Mayan, the Mayan Ninth Wave is demanding we stand up into mm -hmm. higher consciousness called unity consciousness. Just like right. the Theo group said, it's time we come into this unity consciousness. You can go into 
all kinds of esoteric works, but I don't think we need to go there uh, no. to see that we're in a place now where we have this unique opportunity to say it's crumbling. I mean, with COVID, the ad advent of COVID, right. it's crumbling. And now right. we get to start putting it back together. There are players that have seriously benefited, as you say. There are countries that have benefited from these times, especially recent times. Uh, certainly Russia and Israel with the United States because of uh, things that were put into motion to begin with and QAnon and so forth. They've had huge advantages during these recent times. It's right. time that we are not beholden to these people, in my opinion, any longer. That in our own regions of the world, we stop the meddling, stop the disinformation campaigns, which are very sexy, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very sexy for people to feel like they're in the know. I've, right. I know because I know it's conspiracy. Another way, it's another. It's a. It's the, it's the non-monetary way of being bought off. It's they not you and feeling right and in the know, and they got you. That's that syndrome, the egoic syndrome that um, Shun was talking about is because yeah. you get to feel privileged. You get to feel like you privately have it one up on another person. And right. this is really, this is really dangerous. It's just a substitute for any personal responsibility and real power. Right. So, you know, we can't Good. go ahead. Goodness over rightness. Yes. What is virtue? over, you know, getting paid off, you know, in some kind of pride or some kind of conceit or some kind of uh, prestige. I mean, this is where a real character has to step forward. Courage, compassion, creativity, connection with other people. Invert that paragraph. <laughs> you know, the ones you have on your pyramid at the very top have to do with family, they have to do with nature, they have to do with art. These are the things that are timeless. These are the things that are spiritually powerful. These are the things of a real good life. They're trying to substitute these other things for that. There's some money, prestige, and so forth. And you've got to be very, very keen about how they do it. It's actually fairly simple. If you look, okay, look real close. Who does it benefit? Does it benefit the few? And they're trying to make you part of the little few club, you know, even though they're laughing at you behind your back. If they are, then go the other direction. Are they trying to take people who truly are advocating for the many? You know, you, you don't even have to be Benny, Bernie Sanders, you could do Emma Goldman, you could do, you know, even someone like LeBron James, who knows, okay, who are actually trying to create greater participation, greater vote, greater engagement. Are they trying to marginalize those people? Are they trying to dispower them? And again, another good litmus test for whether or not it's coming from the deep state or not. And there are others as well. You, you brought forward a lot of them. What actual values do they pursue and are trying to create in this world? Use, use Regina's inverted pyramid. <laughs> yeah. If they are doing those things at the top that are supposed to represent us, it's a very, very clear litmus test that they are not the deep state, that they are the part of the grassroots, bottom up, across ideological lines, across political lines, trying to make a healthier, spirit, more spiritually empowered world. If they're doing the little things at the bottom of your pyramid, exploitation, greed, colonialism, et cetera, et cetera, and those are pretty easy to show, that should show you that they're that are a member of the deep state. So there are easy tests here. There are. I think <laughs> another easy test, Zeus, is when you're being asked to embrace something, 
that in on a gut level you know is wrong mm -hmm. it's morally or ethically incorrect and you're right. saying things like well you know you got to kiss a frog now and then to get the goods mm -hmm. no those are rationalizations i totally right. reject the notion that you and granted life is nuanced everybody comes warts and all i get that but when you're being forced to make a decision that goes against what you know to be good or moral or true in your own and that's each one of us has our own sense of that you know that something's wrong with this picture and i would simply say that's the first thing is to have enough discernment to say mm. just like this notion you talked about at these rallies with these unmarked cars with these men in black supposedly engaged by homeland security maybe mercenaries we don't know who they are coming around and gathering up citizens without any rights now this is this is flat out of the gestapo handbook that's exactly what happened in germany and that people say well there was looting and all that we got to get a little we have to be smarter about this there are disinformate not just disinformators mission artists but there are provocateurs that have been at all of these events looting and making it look like it has it's associated with the movement when it's just right. either a political outside political thing antifa that's actually white supremacists um right. cops fomenting unrest in the name of antifa and so forth right. this well, is wrong this is, happening. I mean, this is this has been acknowledged the guy who did the auto zone took the hammer to the plate glass and he was, um, was unmasked as a white supremacist agent provocateur, trying to pose as Antifa, and he was actually quite the opposite. They've done the same thing, even the one with Kyle Rittenhouse and the Kenosha thing. There's a video, I've seen the video, and it's been verified that he's literally talking to other people, talking about him talking, he might have been talking BS, but didn't seem like it, that the cops and he, he and those groups were literally the cops says, we'll funnel them toward you. Right. You know, the whole idea is to create a false flag or a violent incident, then to legitimate or rationalize a violent and authoritarian response. In fact, you know, I just looked this up in the Encyclopedia Britannica blog, and I just wanted to read this real quick. This is the Reichstag fire, a false flag attempt made by started by or indirectly or directly by the nazis to justify taking power and here's what it said at the urging of hitler hindenburg who was the democratically elected leader responded the next day by issuing they set fire to this major administration building the reichstag right and here's what this emergency decree said and this is chilling it was titled for the protection of the people in the state and it stated Restrictions on personal liberty, on the right of free expression of opinion, including freedom of the press, on the rights of assembly and association, and violations of the privacy of postal, telegraphic, and telephonic communications and warrants for house searches, orders for confiscations, as well as restrictions on property, are also permissible beyond the legal limits, limits otherwise prescribed. They, they, that was the start. They didn't get the majority but they were able to pass through Hitler very soon after that, the law for removing the distress of the people in the Reich. Talk about doublespeak. And here's what it said, basically. 441 votes for, 84 against. The act officially recognized Hitler as Germany's dictator and abolished democracy. So there you have it. When you go down that road and you allow yourself to be kind of 
And I, there's a great quote on this. It says, those who will give up liberty for security deserve neither. And that is exactly the, what we're- I love that now. statement. What's happening now in the US with our postal service, for example, right. with Trump, and he may just be talking smack, you know, but right. he's saying, hey, look, who's to say I'm gonna leave at the end right. of the term. You don't say these things as, no. a, as the president of a nation. You don't say these things. This is wrong. Right. No way around it. It's just wrong. You can't justify it. These things cannot be justified. And some things that happened under Obama and that will even happen again if Biden should be elected, we cannot justify things that are taking these kinds of liberties of, of an immoral nature against the many. We cannot justify it any longer. No more 5D chess playing stories. That's, that's all yeah. phony. <laughs> it's all baloney. And, and to make it clear, we are, Obama served the deep state. Okay? Yes. Clinton served the deep state. Bush Jr. served the deep state. Bush Sr. served the deep state. And Donald Trump is a wannabe deep state server who's trying to make it even extra serving the deep state. There isn't, there aren't any heroes in here. No. The division between Democrats and Republicans in terms of deep state service is, there is no distinction. What, like I said, what we need is to weaken the representatives of that deep state or to actually even elect the weakest ones so we can exert ourselves. The reason why I brought up the Reichstag fire is because it's very hard for us to have a grassroots movement if we have highly, highly restrictive dictatorial laws. And if we allow the things that have already shown themselves to be actually verified and true to happen, false flag attacks, violence, um, literally, you know, taking citizens off the street, tasing citizens who've done nothing. I mean, these are actual things happening, and I don't think you, we should underestimate how powerful and how much momentum those could start to generate if these continue. So for me, we strengthen ourselves and we pick the weakest representative of the deep state that creates the best situation for transformation that can be persuaded by the people right just in order to stay in office if nothing else and yes. then we can start exerting ourselves and to me it really has come down to two choices there are only two choices left for us and i've been saying this for a long time for years now i've said it's time to choose. You need to choose which way you're going to go in life. And this was made very clear in the, the interview with the Theo group as well. If you're a person that wants to cling to what's familiar, if you want to try to retain brokenness, system, try to cling to systems that don't work, try to squeeze the last bit of, of profit out of something that's broken, for example, and don't want to give up our ways and our perceptions of each other and our fear of other, then they said these people who are inflexible are going to have a very difficult time in the times ahead. Instead, I, if you, the other choice, which you and I are both in the other camp, which is bring it on, these systems are going to collapse and we're going to rebuild them. This is a turning point. As the Theo group said, in thousands of years, this is the biggest turning point we've had historically is this opportunity for humanity right now. And I feel that in every cell of my body to be willing to put our love, our creativity, our intellect into this to start coming together and problem solving is what we need at every single level from families up, from friendships up. 
start stop letting these ridiculous divides political divides tear us apart from the inside america is an amazing experiment and there, there are many players in the world that would love to see it a failed experiment but that's up to us so we can choose to let go just like that quote hopi saying somebody said it's really not a hopi saying but the one where you find yourselves all together and you let go of the reeds and let yourself float down the river together. And there you start seeing who your true friends are. And then it, you, the final statement in that, of course, is that we are the ones we've been waiting for, which is very true, but you have to be willing to make changes. They may be forced upon you and do it with grace. Say, okay, maybe I'm going to lose my house. I'll find another place to put a roof over my head, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. This is our I choice mean, now cling to the past and what doesn't work anymore or be willing to go into the unknown of a future that we've yet to create. And that's scary for some people, for a lot of people. It's scary. And there are, there is evidence that's happening. Even today when I was walking, I was trying to cross the street to avoid these cars are kind of getting jammed up because there's this chemical truck on one side. I didn't want to be next to that. And there was cars coming up and other cars coming down and it was too wide for the cars to pass. So I was trying to cut across the street because I was walking in the street to allow the cars to kind of go around. And anyway, some guy honked at me and he had a big USA flag stuff. And I just said, what's, what's up with you? And I just shook my head and I was a little disgusted. But he said, he got out of his truck and he said, I'd like to talk to you. You know, and a lot of people would have been afraid. And I said, okay, I'm gonna come back and actually talk to him. And he said, well, I could have run over you and this and that. I said, listen, these cars are coming this way. This truck is here. It's a sort of pesticide truck. I'm not going to go near it. You guys got to come around me. I was just trying to cut across the street to allow everything to go. I'm, I'm in this more group mind. What can I do to allow everything to go? Well, when he finally found out what was going with me, he offered a fist bump. We bumped. And as I was walking up, he drove past and he said, stay safe out the window. And I said, stay safe. You know, it was we're clearly different political, we're clearly different personalities, but he took the time and I took the time to get out of his car and I took the time not to get intimidated or suspicious. I took the time to have the opportunity to have that meeting. We came to understanding and we had a, a resolution and we even had goodwill. So it is possible. It just happened today. I love it. I love that story. And to me, that's emblematic of what we have to do every day when we're out and about, we have to start dropping the defenses. We have to start going out with an intention. I'm going to build bridges, including to people who don't think like me. That's the only right. way we're going to pull this back together in a healthy way. And on that note, because we're about out of time here, um, I've got to run, run off to a recording session. Um, our neighborhood, our, our site, our neighborhood, we're going to be having that up and running, hopefully, if we get the graphics in on time, in the next two to three weeks. So that, it's, it'll be ourneighborhood.earth, uh, and people will be able to find it. We'll let everybody know. Is really being constructed to allow people to come together in this bridge-building mentality from all different perspectives with respectful, loving rapport with one another to start looking at creating solutions to these problems and also uh, finding like-minded people as well where you, you can feel safe to express yourself. So that's going to be our contribution our next contribution in trying to build a brain trust of diverse people to move forward in the world with. Mm -hmm. So I love it. 
you're a big yeah. part of it. You're going to be a big part. You and I will both be a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what's up next for us. Any final thoughts before we go? No, I think, I mean, as with that example that, that I just brought forward, really it was about two people with, a, with, 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 with good intentions, but with a limited worldview, okay? And once we were able to communicate that worldview and create a wider one that involved both of us, then we could create goodwill and see where the other person's coming from. We have a basis to go forward. If we do that with each other, and we don't allow ourselves to be addicted to and controlled by and made to be, you know, the ego disassociative syndrome, um, to, to focus in or constrain or pull ourselves in, I think we're going to really move forward on this. We just have to be aware of the ways in which we're being influenced to be divisive or divided, and we have to ultimately go out and decide to act in goodwill and work with others and connect with others. I think we're headed there. I'm very optimistic and hopeful. The Our Neighborhood Earth is definitely a way that we're gonna to help to try to create that because I can't take certain uh, social medias anymore. I'm, I'm with you. I am so done with Facebook. They've limited my reach so badly. Most of the time I can't even post. It says there's something wrong with the site. I am so over it. I can't stand going on anymore. And I know that you and many other people are having a similar experience of it. So we'll just do our own thing. Get away from it all. Yep. Yep. And, and build a real community. Yeah. Not based on manipulation, not based on ads, but based upon participation, based upon people's talents and hopes and dreams and aspirations. I agree. And, and vulnerability. We're not yeah. here to show each other our sizzle reels anymore. It's not time for that anymore. Facebook makes everyone feel left out because you put the best stubs in. No, we want real discourse with each yeah. other. Um, exactly. Yeah, so, well, Zeus, uh, I've got to go. I'll see you in a few mm -hmm. days. And uh, right. for anybody, um, citizenzeus.com, Zeus has a lot of articles and videos he's done as well that you'll probably enjoy if you enjoy our conversation. So, see you later, Zeus. All right, see you. Bye. Bye. Again, you can go to citizenzeus.com and find a lot of videos and a really, really well done series of articles lately that have appeared on some other large sites having to do with the state of our economy and what's going to pull it back together. And uh, we talked about some of those tenants at the very end here, but it's, a, it's worth a read. So everybody, until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.